This is the Minnesota Beer Cast from Bauhaus Brew Lab, celebrating the third anniversary of the show with our first ever chili throwdown. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. How, how was the chili? Was it all right? All right. There's Tums over on the table if anybody needs them. It came tums. out of my cabinet. We got all sorts of stuff over there. There's plenty of chili left over, so please uh, continue to help yourselves. And again, thanks for coming out. Everybody like the chili all right? Turned out pretty good? All right. I am Drew. This is my co-host, Schmitty. This is the Minnesota Beer Cast. We are on uh, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, every, well, we used to be every Friday. Most Fridays. Yeah, we're, we're not preempted by now we're kind of like some Saturdays, but we're available via podcast <laughs> anytime. Uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, however you want to get the show, you can get the show via podcast. Yeah, we've got a lot of fun guests lined up. I think Modest is going to stick around. I think uh, Badger Hill is going to stick around. Talk about their chilies. Uh, but really, the, the whole point of the, the evening today was just to have fun. Uh, Drew and I have been uh, trash-talking each other mercilessly for three years now on Chile. Yeah, about Chile. <laughs> so we decided what better way to enjoy the, uh, the third anniversary than to have a Chile throwdown. If you haven't voted yet, go grab the, the poker chip in front of your favorite Chile, drop it in the boot. We'll do a People's Choice vote, and we'll announce the winner of that in the uh, last segment of the show. And also, Jess Fleming from the Pioneer Press is sticking around, and she's kind of our official judge right as yeah. official as we can get that's right she's gonna uh, she's gonna decide who who's talked to back up who who can talk the right. talk and walk the she's walk she's going to declare me the winner <sighs> basically <laughs> we'll it's, we'll see it's just ceremony at, th- at this point and uh for folks that uh, aren't aware the uh, the benefactor of this chili is uh the chili throwdown is, is going to be Finnegan's, so they've got that barrel set up over there. Uh, they're taking donations of cash and canned goods. Uh, we figured it'd be a, a good way to give back. Uh, you know, Finnegan's does a lot of good uh, in the community, and uh, we're actually joined by Ryan from Finnegan's right now. Uh, Hi, everybody. He's uh, he's going to tell us about Finnegan's, uh, the cause, and the beer. So welcome to the show, man. Oh, thank you very much. So what, uh, for folks that are unaware, tell us about Finnegan's and the mission. Uh, so Finnegan's is actually a brewery that's been around for about 17 years, where a lot of people are kind of, wow, you've been around for that long. Uh, so as a brewery ourselves, all of our profits, 100% of our profits go back to feed the hungry. Um, so we can, all of our profits go to pay for our ingredients, pay for people's salary that work for us, which we're our very thin crew of six people that work for the actual brewery itself. Um, and then whatever we That's make That's impressive because well, you guys uh, you have an impressive output. For yeah, we make, a, we make a lot of beer. Uh, we are currently brewed at Summit out in St. Paul. Uh, we're in the seven to 8,000 barrels per year. Um, and so 100% of our profits go back to Feeding Hungary. And so we try to do it. And how it works for us, too, is wherever the profits are made, wherever we send the beer, which is, we're in the five states, so the Dakotas, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, and Iowa. Um, If our profits are made, say in Des Moines or in Fargo, we find a local farmer in that area to actually give them our profits to grow local produce to actually give to the food shelters there. That's awesome. So you kind of keep track of what percentage of your sales, what percentage of your revenue and profits are coming in from different areas and try to proportionally give back to those communities? Right. So we look at it as if we send a pallet of beer up to Duluth, once that entire pallet is sold and all the profits that we made out of that, there's a local farmer there in Duluth that will then hire to grow local produce and organic produce in the state of Minnesota to give back to the food shelter there in Duluth. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So tell us about the, the beer then, because it's a two-sided coin. It is a two-sided coin, I guess you could say. Uh, so we, as a company, have only really had four beers in general in the last 15 years. So Irish Amber is the number one beer that we brew in, uh, of our sales. It's about 80%. So we brew a lot of that because it makes money. You know, it, it helps us for that, for our cause. Um, and then as we are as a brewery, we always have a couple seasonals here, and it's small batch stuff. Um, whereas Dead Irish Poet is doing really well for us this winter, um, and that's only going to be about 10% of our actual brewery. So okay. as the sales go for that, we can actually give back on that too. So it's pretty exciting. So you guys have a, a really tasty beer that's out now, or if not out soon, the, uh, the Dead Irish Poet, right? Right. It's been out since September 1st. So tell us about that beer a little bit, because that's one of my favorite beers this time of year. So it is a very stereotypical Irish extra stout. Um, so it does is actually brewed with some Irish base malt, uh, a little bit of chocolate and some coffee malt as well in there and a little bit of roast. Uh, about 7% alcohol. Um, it comes out during the winter where Minnesotans tend to like to drink a lot of stouts and porters, so <laughs> it actually works for us. Um, the sales amount are up pretty high this year, but uh, it's, it's really, really nice to it's available, you know, cans or bottles and tap. Um, but it's really smooth. It's been in my fridge pretty much for the last month and a half, <laughs> um, which I was supposed to make a chili, but I didn't have any meat because uh, the deer wasn't actually done yet. wasn't actually processed. <laughs> oh, I was going to do a venison uh, chili with it, but yeah, our, you're still a lot like of running around in the woods. Uh, the the beer's still in my fridge. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but the venison hasn't been processed yet. It's only been turned into sausage yet, so I'm kind of waiting on that. But it's an exciting beer for us, too, because it, it does show people that we're making something else other than just amber. You know, like do, you feel, do you feel like you get pigeonholed into that that frame sometimes I, I guess that can be towards a lot of breweries you know like um, you can look at some of the big guys too like Sam Adams is known for their lager Sierra Nevada is known for their pale ale right so uh, as a brewer yeah, for it's not necessarily a bad pigeonhole to be in right it's not a, a bad fantastic thing fantastic Irish amber right and there's not many other Minnesota breweries that are making ambers that, in that's general true. so I was having a conversation with a friend the other day where it's hard to find just a just a basic amber. It's right. And so if you want an amber, style. you kind of have to look to other breweries that are nationwide, right? So you got the New Belgiums, you got the Abitas, and you got um, Alaska. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah. ambers, you don't really see that many. I've even looked on kind of just to look at everybody's website who are other tap rooms here in town, and there's only other four breweries that really make an amber here in town. So. It, it, it's why beneficial to is? us. I mean, why do you think the ambers aren't really as... Because they're not happy enough. Can yeah. I actually say, does everybody <laughs> like IPAs? Because right. it's actually totally true. Everybody loves a good IPA, which yeah. I really like too. So um, it's it's not a hard sell, but it is a hard sell too to the kind of beer drinker aficionado. Well, you, you've got some more news to share with us, uh, but I think we're going to tease that for after the break. Let's, uh, we're joined by Mark Opdahl from Chopped Liver Beer Fest. He's, uh, he's going to share with us some, some news of a festival he's got coming up. How are you doing, Mark? Good, good, boys. Uh, more importantly, congrats on three years. Thank you. It's pretty Appreciate awesome. It. Pretty Thank awesome. you. You've been a big part of the show for, for, uh, since, oh. the, since the get-go, so thanks for all oh, your you support. You guys have been such a huge part of not only our beer fest,
Fest, but also the craft beer industry and, and, and getting the word out and helping uh, grow craft beer. So it's huge, man. Thank you. So, yeah, speaking of getting the word out, what's new yeah. with Chop Liver? So, uh, Mankato tickets went on sale today, so that's good. But in a few weeks, we've got Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest tickets going on sale. Oh, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, buddy. Oh, and, I can't uh, wait. And you guys, we've done this a couple times in the past as well. We're going we're gonna to partner up and do an event. Uh, you guys have an event, and you're going to let me piggyback it and, uh, and come on and, and give away a pair of tickets. Uh, I only do two promos for this event that I give away tickets at because they're so expensive. But uh, we're going to be at the Republic on Black Friday. Yep. They're obviously going to have a huge list of amazing big dark beers yeah we went over the uh, the list today with uh paymon over there and uh there's gonna be some fantastic beer some some big black bold beer yeah so yeah. so people can come out enjoy all the delicious beers and uh get their name in a in a drawing and we'll give away some tickets to uh northern lights rare beer fest to kind of kick off the fact that tickets go on sale on black friday and yep. that's uh we're at republic on black friday we will be there live we'll be doing a show live come on out say hello uh in Enjoy some um, just an amazing lineup. Yeah, of get big, giant, dark, nasty beers. Great spot too. I mean, parking ramp across the street at the at the hotel there is going to make it really easy for people to find parking. If you're Food's an Uber awesome. driver and you're listening, be on call that day. <laughs> yeah, be on call that day. What time are we doing it? Do we have a time uh, set up? You know, what time do you want to do it? Let's have an on-air production meeting. <laughs> Yeah, because now uh, I can order my Uber then. How about, how about, how about noon? Uh, the event starts at 11, so let's do it at noon. All right, noon. Noon right. on Black Friday at Republic. Uh, we're going to be giving away tickets to the Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest, which if you haven't been to that yet, I mean, that is like, you got you got to go to that event. It is so fun. It is so special. Yeah, uh, give folks a rundown of, of what they can expect at Northern Lights, Mark. Yeah, so it's the fifth year, and, and like always, the, the beer lists just keep getting better and better. Uh, Brooklyn, I, I can't announce what it is, but Brooklyn Brewery, uh, Garrett Oliver, their brewmaster and owner, he actually contributed a keg out of his personal stash. So nice. I'm excited to announce it. We we'll probably announce the beers in January and February. But uh, so it's 30 breweries, 18 uh, national regional brands, and then 12 local Minnesota brands. They all bring two beers. Uh, they're you know rare specialty vintage ales. A lot of guys bring you know four or five year old Russian Imperial stouts. Uh, do some specialty one offs, things that are made specifically for the event. And uh, I think the real kicker is it's at the Minnesota History Center. It's uh, the ultimate backdrop, if you ask me. The food's amazing. Yep. Uh, fully catered. And, and they had a chance to just rub elbows with a lot of the brewers because we've got brewers and owners from these breweries coming flying into town for the event. So, yeah. and, and we'll start announcing some of the names. We've got a pretty good list this year of people coming in for it. And it, it's called the Rare Beer Fest. It's called the Rare Beer Fest for a reason because yeah. you're going to get some beers there that you'll never be able to get anywhere else. And we limit it to 750 tickets, so it, it's not busy. It's easy to get around. It's yep. very laid back, casual, and, and enjoyable. And it gives us in the beer industry a chance to clean ourselves up and wear a nice shirt once in a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting to do that every year. Yeah, it's okay. We'll let it slide. <laughs> what's uh, what's the date on that again? Uh, March 24th, okay. 2018. At, at the Minnesota History Center. Correct. Tickets are going to go on sale Black soon Friday on Black on Friday. We're going to give some away on Black Friday. And if people want to find out more about the Mankato Beer Expo. Yeah, MankatoCraftBeerExpo.com. Um, and NorthernLightsRareBeerFest.com. Yeah. And the there Mankato ones, that's a lot of fun, too. It's a yeah. great one. It always sells out. We added a new yeah. ticket this year, so pretty cool. It's a cool. VIP experience that's fully catered, some rare beers, a T-shirt, all that kind of stuff. So. I dig it. I dig yeah. it. 
All right, well, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for yeah, joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for uh, being a great friend of the show uh, since our inception three yeah, years Yeah, I love ago. you guys. Anything I can do for you. Absolutely. Cheers. All right, thanks, we're uh, going to wrap up this segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast. More coming up. We're going to talk to Finnegan some more, Bauhaus, Modest Badger Hill, and we're going to find out later on in the show how Just bad Schmitty lost. <laughs> I'll be right back. I think Schmitty lost. Minnesota Beer Cast, our third anniversary extravaganza chili throwdown from Bauhaus Brew Labs. Everybody having a good time tonight? And All right, there we go. Wild. That's a raucous round of applause for those that missed it. <laughs> Just settle down, everybody. Well, we we killed the music. We killed the music. They're like, why are these dudes talking? What is going on? <laughs> we are joined by Brock from Badger Hill and Ryan from Finnegan's. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Man. Thanks for coming out. You uh, you came out. You brought a fantastic chili. And you as well. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Let's let's take Thank a minute you. to run through the uh, the chilies that were brought today, at least mine and yours and, and Brock's. Uh, Brock, let's start with you. What kind of chili award do you bring winning tonight? chili? Oh, we don't know well, yet. we'll see. I don't know if the chips have been counted yet. <laughs> Uh, what, what did you make? It was a uh, Wisconsin Gold Buffalo Chicken Chili with beer-soaked Belgian blue cheese and fresh cilantro. So how does one make a buffalo chicken chili? Hey, it's, a, it's a secret that my wife gave me, pretty much, <laughs> is what that is. No, it's really easy. It's just chicken and a hidden ranch dressing. Ah, there you go. And yeah. chicken broth and a bunch of spices and let it sit. And then you put a big block of cream cheese on for eight hours and let it sit for a while. Uh, oh, eight my. hours. And you, you put, you put oh, ranch my. in anything and yes. you pretty much got a winner, right? <laughs> blue cheese isn't too far behind. So if you don't like blue cheese. I'll, I'll eat blue cheese. It's, it's really the only reason to eat salad, right? Just a vehicle <laughs> for ranch. Yeah. I, I throw meat on my salad, so there's a couple reasons why. <laughs> Bacon and ranch. That's Call true. it a salad. You're right? good to go. Absolutely. <laughs> what uh, what did you make for a chili, Drew? It's a pretty traditional chili. Uh, you know, it's very straightforward. I use uh, ground beef, ground pork, and chorizo. Uh, lots of peppers, lots of different kinds of peppers, jalapenos, poblanos, red, green, yellow, um, uh, a little bit of habanero in there, too, I, just for a kick. What kind of, did you have veggies in yours? Did I pick up on, like, zucchini Onion, or something no, in there? No, zucchini. Onions, just onions and peppers. It's onions and peppers. A lot of garlic. Did, All you, right. did you put real jalapenos or uh, uh, habanero in there, or was it the habanero kind of like us? I bit into something that gave me a little kick. That's what I was wondering. It, it was a habanero. It was a re- nice. full habanero pepper, diced real fine. So it's you know, no, I didn't want anybody to get like a big habanero chunk. So I mince it up real fine and I mix it in there, and that adds a nice little afterheat to it. Nice. A lot of spices. I actually threw two uh, whole habaneros into mine, and uh, when you asked for a sample of my chili, I made sure you got one. I noticed. <laughs> oh. I noticed. <laughs> so my my chili was, uh, I don't know if it's a Texas chili. I'm going to call it a Schmitty chili. But it was just a ground beef, uh, ground pork, uh, and I used a, a good amount of chipotle, so smoked uh, jalapeno, and then also uh, regular just fresh jalapeno, serrano, and uh, a couple of, of whole uh, habaneros. And uh, I did a little bit of, a, of a, I don't know, I guess some garlic in there. Uh, but I, I like to keep it very simple. I'm not, I'm not too big on getting crazy with it. I did use a, uh, a style of beef that I've not used before. Instead of 80-20, it was like 73-17. It, uh, it was a little, I think came out a little greasier than I uh, hoped it would have. 
But uh, I think that grease helps move the heat around a little bit. Well, uh, I have to interject. As being married to a Texan, it's okay if you put beans or no beans into chili. It's oh. actually true. Oh, they, from, they're from, okay from with Texas. it. From Texas. From Texas, she says it's true. And I did say that maybe Texas chili isn't the best in the world, and she said you're wrong. <laughs> um, well, it doesn't matter. But just it, listen to your it wife. Because it was invented in San Antonio, Texas. I was like, okay, I'll stop talking now, I guess. <laughs> I, I am opposed to beans and chili. Um, if you listen to the beer cast, I might have mentioned that once or twice. But um, if my wife requests chilies or requests beans in the chili, I will throw it in there. But I don't like the kidney beans. I don't like the Yeah, skin. I don't like kidney beans either. So I go Great Northern. I go black beans. And, uh, and sometimes just, just uh, simple red beans. But I, I do like black beans and chili. Black beans have a really nice flavor, it really nice, nice texture. texture. Yep. So I always, uh, w- I always put black beans in my chili. Much better than the, than the red kidney beans. I'm, I'm not, not a fan of the kidney beans. No. they got a weird texture. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm with you, especially the skin. You get that skin in there, it gets caught in between your teeth. It's like, nah, I don't know. And I don't think... I just want meat, right? Right? Yeah. I, and, and, that's, and that's what I try to do with my chili is just celebrate the meat. Celebrate, celebrate the, the meat. In exactly. fact, that should be the slogan of the show. <laughs> From now Minnesota on, that's Bearcast, our tagline. Celebrate, celebrate the meat. <laughs> we're getting, right, a, we're getting a head shake from the audience. <laughs> enough about beer. Let's uh, enough about chili. Let's talk about beer a little bit. Um, we kind of teased it last segment, but um, Finnegan's and Badger Hill have got some some huge developments. Brock, we we touched on it briefly the last time you were on the show, but walk us through these future plans you guys have together. Well, so um, there's a lot of rev- there's a lot of changes happening in the craft brewing world right now, and one of the biggest changes is just a financial conference on Denver talked about it, craft on craft, um, you know, economic kind of com- combinations and stuff. There's basically how do you become more efficient and do your job better? Mm-hmm. It's a very capital intensive piece, and so we ran into Finnegan's a number of years ago. Just I mean, come on, they're like. I mean, look at they're, they're how much uh, over a million dollars for feeding the hungry. They're just the best people in the world. Right. And so, um, long story short, we're combining forces. It's not a merger, um, but we're going to be turning what was typically an all-prop relationship on its head, um, and mutually helping each other grow. They're going to have this. They're not. You're not going to recognize Finnegan's in five months. You're just not going to recognize that is probably true. Yes. I mean, you should see their facility. It's it's incredible. And then down at our place, that's where both mainline beers will be made. Canned, we're getting, uh, we're going to be able to do 24 packs, 12 packs, variety packs, 16 ounce, 12 ounce cans, some 50 milliliter bottles. So by basically having two breweries combine their efforts together, we can get the uh, capabilities of breweries that are five times the size of us. So currently at Finnegan's, you guys are brewing at Summit, but you've got plans for uh, Brutel, if you will, right? It's sort of kind of. The, the hotel is there, but it has nothing to do with us. Gotcha. That is the biggest thing. But, you know, if you come to our tap room and you drink a little too much, if you want to spend some money, you can go sleep somewhere else. you That's got a place to house. crash. Exactly. Yeah. It, it works out for you. If, if a room's open, I guess. And i got to jump in. This is going to be maybe the nicest tap room in the state. I'm not Finnegan's. I'm saying that objectively. If you, if you see the renderings of this thing, it's incredible. So It's for, incredible. First question I have there with this cooperation you guys are pulling together. You say Finnegan's is going to have the nicest tap room in the state. But maybe. So does, does that mean that... You're still going to have your own separate tap room down yep. in Shakopee? Yes. 
So Finnegan's will not be served at Badger Hill, and Badger Hill will not be served at Finnegan's. I've got so many questions on how you guys are going to make this work. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. It's uh, Well, we had something this week, man, even today. We're dealing with these production issues, like, you know, timing stuff. But at the end of the day, nice people. I don't right. know. It sounds fluffy, but it's uh, it's not that we've got things weird out. But at the end of the day, it's just we're trying to do things the right way, so we'll figure stuff out. But it's not as hard as it sounds. I mean, if, we, if you, you just we're working together and we're so mutually reliant on each other that you want to make it work. Well, you have two heads trying to do one person's job, right? Where it's if we have contact with 15 people, you can take seven, I can take seven, mm-hmm. and then the other one maybe falls on the wayside, or one of us be like, I'll take it. It's fine. So it, it's helpful on all sides for us. So Brock says we're not going to recognize Finnegan's in, in five months. What does that mean for Finnegan's a year from now? What, when we look at Finnegan's, the brand, the beer, the brewery, the, the benefit to the community, what, what is Finnegan's going to look like in a year once you guys have this new production facility up and running? Uh, well, we can. The, the, I think the biggest things that we've been looking at is we're uh, taking Jackie, who's the owner, to like Linear Express. Like, we actually get to do 30 and 60 barrel batches. You know, we're not just doing 150 barrels at a time where, okay, we now have 300 kegs and now we, well, who's going to take them, right? right. We got to try and find somebody to sell them where we can do a batch where there's only, say, 50 kegs, where it's a lot easier for us. But, um, we get to approach smaller batch stuff to get people excited about the brand and excited about uh, different beers from us. Um, but the nice thing is for us is being on our own, if I guess I can say if I screw up, <laughs> I can always go back to the drawing board right. where we're not spending as much money to make a bigger batch as possible where it's like, okay, if you guys really didn't like it, that's on me. I'll take that. That's fine. I'm going to approach it a different way, too. Um, but we also get to make different beers a lot where um, we can have pilot batches. We can do a lot more fun stuff. We can do a lot of barrel-aged stuff because we'll have our own um, cellar floors to actually put barrels in uh, to do big stouts, to do some wild beers, to do different saisons, to do Belgian-style stuff. So it's actually pretty exciting to kind of go in whatever category kind of beer we feel like doing. We're, do we want to do a Pilsner? Do we want to do a lager? Do we want to do a Baltic Porter? Like, we can make whatever beers we kind of want to, which is pretty exciting, but to keep the amber rolling and also to put out some new year-round beers next year, too. So when, when you guys bring online this new facility, and where's it going to be located, by the way? So we are located in between 8th and 9th on 5th Avenue downtown. So we're about four blocks away from U.S. Bank Stadium. Nice. Nice spot. So, so when Not you bring bad. this new facility online, is that going to bring all your production in-house, or is your partnership with Summit going to change? Is it just going to be exclusively with Badger Hill? Well, Again, so many questions. They're going to be making small batches. Our R&D facility, and I'm speaking a little bit for Finnegan's here, but is downtown. Barrel aging facility, Ryan's background with Elagash and New Belgium, you know, plus his big you know, catalog in his head of things he wants to build. So that's going to be anything from literally 10 kegs worth of beer to 40 kegs worth of beer downtown. Anything mainline is going to be producing shock at people, but I want to be very clear. Badger Hill's not making it for Finnegan's. They're, they are in charge down there. So where you, it's like a joint venture on the operation side. This isn't a contract relationship. 
it's under the guise which called an alternating proprietorship. That's just legal speak for they're in charge. And uh, we came out of the all-prop world, and so we're saying, here's what worked well, here's what worked not so well, let's fix that. And it comes down to Ryan's in charge of the beers that are being made down in Shakopee. It's kind of neat to see you guys come out of that alt-prop beginning and, and flip it on its head and, and use your experience gained from that point and bring it into a way to give back with Finnegan's and really make that, that next step into what alt-prop can really be. Will Badger Hill have some presence? I know you won't be on tap at the at the downtown location of the Brutel, but are, in terms of the the relationship, will you, will you be utilizing that facility in some way? Uh, that's the idea. So think think about this way: let's let's 750 milliliter bottles. It's a revenue source for us in the tap room that keeps the lights on. Um, you have quality concerns, you have throughput concerns. So, i.e., you've got about 200 thousand dollars of money you need to spend on a bottling line. Um, instead of both of us buying that separately, why don't we buy one, maybe put that in the Finnegan's thing, and we can do small batches down in Minneapolis. They can do large batches. But what, what it really comes down to is we can sit down every week and go, all right, four weeks from now, where's the right place to make this? And we can have this awesome agility between the two breweries to figure out what the right thing to do is, uh, for that production is. Right, and the big thing in between the two breweries is that downtown in Finnegan's, we're going to have a 20-barrel system where we can make 10-barrel batches as well. So if they only need to make a small batch, they can come out and make it there. Nice. Where, okay. uh, so out at Badger Hill, we're going to have in between 60 and 90-barrel batches. Too, That's really, so. really awesome that you guys have, have figured out a way to look at you know, the benefits of your facility, the benefits of, of the Badger Hill facility down in Shakopee, and figure out ways that you, know, that you, can, you can use their facilities to accomplish things that you can't necessarily accomplish at yours and vice versa. I mean, There's another part of this, too, which is um, the quality side, okay? It's different than it's ever been, and it's only getting more important to really make sure your quality is spot on. So by having two breweries combine their forces, what we do is we've got much more investment together in the QC side of the, of the equation, whether it's on the personnel side or some of the technology that we're putting into the breweries that both can capitalize on that we could not do on our own. Before we wrap up this segment, Brock Badger Hill, we haven't had John in a while. You guys always have cool events, cool releases coming up. Anything you want to plug before we uh, before we move on? Uh, right now, we're doing. Uh, we got some Fight Club stuff going on. We got a bunch of different new stuff coming up. We've got um, a really busy holiday season. We got some special releases coming up, like a triple and maybe uh, some Blood Orange. Coming out again? Yeah. So, in bottles. Yeah. So, yeah. What's next week? I, I kind of like week, the Blood yeah. Orange. Did you bring it up? Astronaut? Uh, what's that? Astronaut? Astronaut, you bring up the astronaut. Oh, double IPA astronaut. There you yes, go. yes, thank you. See, he probably knows more than me right now what's going on there. <laughs> yes, we have true. a double astronaut IPA, double IPA coming up next week, too. Nice, excellent. Yeah, I might be a little bit of a fan of the Blood Orange. Yeah. I may have only had like 12 bottles of that. And <laughs> it's our it's most good. requested beer. Yeah, it's a really great beer. It's thank a fancy Blood Orange Trader IPA, one of my favorite special releases thank in all of, uh, all of Minnesota. That got, a, that got a whoop whoop from the crowd. <laughs> whoop whoop. Yeah. I'm so more excited to see what these guys are coming out. With, so. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. More Minnesota Beer Cast third anniversary party and chili throwdown from Bauhaus Brew Labs coming up. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast from Bauhaus Brew Labs, our third anniversary extravaganza chili throwdown. We're going to find out very shortly who won the uh, the People's Choice vote, right? 
We got it. Yeah, we, we got it. We have a t- we have a tabulation. The votes are in. The and there were and, the, and this wasn't just uh, just Schmitty and myself. This was uh, there were six chilies were six. for people to sample here. So, yeah. so the, the competition was stiff. It was good. I mean, we I think everyone brought their A game, which made it even more difficult. But uh, it was a clear winner. Yeah, it was it was a heated competition. Uh, See what I did there? Nice, we, nice. <laughs> chili puns. We are joined yes. by Mike from Bauhaus, of course, and John from <laughs> Modest. Let's uh, let's get some more hot chili talk in. Tell me about your chili, Mike. So I made a white chicken chili. I knew my older brother was going to be doing his Texas red, so I decided to go the opposite route. Nice, uh, nice heat. There was Anaheim, Poblano, Serrano, jalapeno peppers in there. That was, uh, yeah, that was tasty. You were, was, you were next to me. I got to try yours. It had a good heat. I liked the corn in there. That was nice. The secret was the cream cheese. It kind of was yeah. the nice fattiness that brought it all together. That was good. And uh, Eric from uh, from Modest represented their brewery with the chili. Tell us about the chili you brought, Eric. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I was the one uh, doing some of the cooking here. Um, so. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, so this one was based on Lord Humongous. That's one of the things that we wanted to highlight was Lord Humongous, which is our imperial rice stout. And uh, it's, a, it's a big, thick beer that has this really potent rye flavor. So I wanted to highlight that. Uh, you get notes of coffee and um, a little bit of chocolate in that. So I, I wanted to highlight those sort of quote-unquote brown notes. So I used a lot of chipotle. Uh, I used a little bit of brown sugar. I used a, a whole bottle of Lord Humongous. Uh, made a little reduction of that, a little bit of garlic, uh, and some beef. Yeah, it was great. It was, uh, it was yeah, that Lord Humongous reduction was fantastic. Ah, thank you. Yeah, it was so good. Woo! Yeah, Woo! yeah, it, it was, it's awesome. I want to put it on everything. Do you guys have a philosophy when it comes to making chili? Do you like to to make it? Smoky? Do you like to make it hot as can be? Do you? Well, how do how do you approach a chili? I just I'm a huge spice fan, probably to the point that I've desensitized my taste buds. Uh, so I just like to keep adding heat from the beginning till the end, and and really it's all about how much time you have. Like I really wish I would have made this yesterday. That was a bad choice on my part. <laughs> let it simmer for that much longer and let those flavors like just linger. Then we would have been. I think I might have. Uh, let that crockpot heat up. Yeah, yeah. got to like yeah, let that heat go. It's low and slow, low and slow. Low and slow, yeah. slow yeah. baby. Word, word to the wise: chili is always better on the second day. Always. Yep. You let those yep. flavors mingle. Let them get to know each other. They, they get happy. <laughs> They yeah, get happy. They get real happy. <laughs> we have zero leftovers. Eric, what's what's your philosophy when it comes to making chili? Do you have uh, a goal you try to attain every time you make chili? Yeah. So for me, it's about layering flavors. Um, like I want you to have th- that bite, and the first bite gives you one type of flavor, and then as you sort of have your second, your third bite, you're experiencing different things. And so as I'm cooking a chili, I kind of go that way, where I want to make sure that you're experiencing uh, what I call brown notes uh, in, in, in something like a chili. So, so it's hard not to make brown note jokes. <laughs> yeah, I should, I should, I should yeah, censor myself. No, but it's like, you know, you, you want a little bit of that, uh, you know, those like chipotle, you want a little bit of that cumin, you want those types of... Um, nice sort of I love cumin. Flavors. I love cumin in a chili. I, I, cumin needs to be, in, as far as I'm concerned, in anything and everything. Um, but for me, it's literally about layering. And as far as it comes to heat, it's something that I want it to heat to hit you in the back yeah. as opposed to front. So for me, it's less about the bright 
uh, hot pepper, so I don't want you to have a raw pepper flavor, but I want you to have some of that processed sort of, you know, smoked flavor. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I love that that smoke. I love that late in the in the mouth. I love I love when the heat creeps up on you. Yeah. I don't want to be punched in the face with it, but but when it does sneak up on me, I want to know it's there. I want to be sweating by the end of the bowl. Right? I, I, it's like it start the bowl. I'm like, oh, this isn't too bad. It's not too spicy. I like it. But by the end of the bowl, I'm a so little sweaty. So that was the weird thing about this, right? We had chili flights. So you didn't really get to get that, that time you needed to yeah. really wrap yourself in that chili blanket with, a, with one. <laughs> yeah. And you can't attribute the heat to any one particular because exactly. you're having a couple. And you're like, you don't know whose heat just hit you. Right. Yeah. Very but at good. the same time, that's what made it interesting. So I, I would love to do another chili flight throwdown. That was fun. Well, maybe we'll do it uh, for anniversary number four. If uh, not, we'll do it again. I yeah. think this should be an annual anniversary thing. All right, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, it's yeah. been decided. I mean, we made it up on the radio, right? Yeah. Like, let's do it again. We <laughs> did. We came up with it on the show. So. Yeah. yeah. Why not? We, we signed on at the last show you did. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. This sounds like a great thing to do. It's just absolutely. I always like to fly be with Eric. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I don't trust these guys. So you got you to. <laughs> keep an eye on them so yeah count me in well speaking of eric and modest you guys had a really big day today oh yeah um, tell us about it yeah so this was a little bit of a christmas come early for us um we, we planned it horribly because it was probably one of the coldest days uh since you know the winter but yeah uh, it's a little chilly had, yeah it, it, it was crappy <laughs> um but we just had we, we essentially had uh three 80 barrel tanks and two 20 barrel tanks delivered to our doorstep this morning so we uh we were there bright and early and um, um, pulled those babies in. They're in, safely inside now, and they're going to be uh, hopefully pumping out a whole bunch of beer uh, in you know a couple of weeks here. So, so how does that change your capacity? Uh, it it essentially it, it we're a little bit over double now capacity, wow. which is which That's is awesome. awesome. Yeah. So we uh, and thankfully and thanks to the listening audience and and the folks who enjoy our beer, like we couldn't keep up with uh, demand. So hopefully I can drink twice as much. So exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so come on down. Yeah. So there will be. Uh, I've been I've been rationing myself. <laughs> I've been not wanting to take it all. From from other people, you know. Thank you so much. We've been <laughs> rationing you, even though you didn't know it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we've essentially double capacity. It's uh, it's an incredibly uh, humbling uh, experience, and it's great. We're 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 ahead of schedule in terms of what we ever thought we would, where we would be when we doubled our capacity. So uh, really fun. I know the Bauhaus boys have enjoyed those moments uh, many times over, um, looking over at your tanks right now. So well, I'm dreaming of more dream yards. So thank you. That's yes, great. There will be a lot more. Dream Yard, a lot more Dream Yard. And, and Lord Humongous is... is uh, yeah, so coincidentally, uh, Lord Humongous, uh, we're doing a, a little sort of side project with Lord Humongous, and we uh, we got to do, I can't reveal a lot, but I'll just tease it, that we got to do, a, we had to do a little tasting today of, of a Lord Humongous project, uh, and it's tasting mighty fine. So a couple hmm. months from now, hmm, what Sounds that like be? something that's maybe aging somewhere. May, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what, what other beers have you got in the pipeline over at Modest? Um, you know, we, we we just released a pineapple uh, milkshake IPA. Which yeah, I've was... got words about that. <laughs> i got to have some words with I, you about I know, that. I know, I know. I heard earlier. What's the, What's the controversy? What's the controversy? So, they only made three the, kegs. The, I don't know how. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, we squeezed like ten, you know, pineapples and we only got like one keg of beer. No, uh, it, was, it, was, it was literally, we, we had very limited quantities. Uh, this was one of Keegan's uh, and Jackson's 
you know, favorite things to do. Um, milkshake IPAs, we had a lot of fun with it, but it was very limited quantities. They, we, we had 150 crawlers on sale. They, they were, were gone in two hours. They were gone in two hours. They were gone in two hours. Uh, yeah. I couldn't so. believe it. I got there, uh, it went on sale at noon. I think I got there about 2.30. Yep. They were, and I got they were the gone. sad, sad news yeah, that I sorry. could not leave with a crawler, and I was parked illegally, so I didn't even get to try a pint. <laughs> we'll, we'll hold one for you. Uh, so next next time there'll be 149 for sale because I won't we'll hold one. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so that was fun. And so now with this expansion, the nice thing is we, we'll have big tanks that we can dedicate to our mainstay beers. So First Call, Dream Yard, Falls Pattern, uh, Super Deluxe, those types of things. And then that'll liberate some of our other tanks to do a lot of more of these kind of fun one-offs. Sounds fantastic. All right, uh, stick around. Uh, we're going to talk more with Bauhaus. We're going to uh, bring on Jess here in just a couple minutes to find out uh, how, how she voted because she's sort of our official judge. We got she the is. People's she's Choice. the pro. She's, she's the, the pro. pro. Uh, we're going to bring Jess up here in a couple minutes. So more Minnesota Beer Cast third anniversary party from Bauhaus Brew Labs coming up right after this. Welcome back. Final segment of the Minnesota Beer Cast third anniversary party from Bauhaus Brew Labs. Thank you so much for hosting this. Of course. We really appreciate it. Uh, Like we were talking about last segment, we kind of threw this together on the fly during the show. (laughs) And it turned out to be a lot of fun. Six fantastic chilies. Really great crowd. Everybody seemed to have a good time. People brought their air game. The food was good. My belly's full. Heart's warm. You know, it's great. It's a good night. It's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Before we get to the chili results. Mike, why don't you run us through what's going on here at Bauhaus? So we uh, are just about to introduce our Winter Loper, our um, Baltic Porter in 16-ounce cans this year. We decided to go away from the Bombers because you know, there, there's a thing with, with Bombers, either you really have to have someone to share it with, and True. it's a really special kind of a beer, usually like to age it, put in the cellar. We want you to drink this right away, and uh, we want you maybe to, to be able to have one by yourself if you want to, just to celebrate your day. So it's a little Christmas came early, and we're putting it in cans this year, and it's, it still would age well if you wanted it to, but it's a, it's a really nice beer that we're, we're glad to have back and, and in cans in this really cool new design concept that we uh, came up with our, our, our partners in uh, Helms Workshop, another design cup that we use. Very cool. Yeah, you yeah. guys have some of the most distinct and like funnest design. Uh, you know, the art on your cans and everything. It really, uh, really stands out. Really pops out of the uh, out of the coolers or off the liquor cap. Yeah, I the, think uh, I think our our uh, task was when we were coming up with it was. Can you recognize this across a football field? Like, would you know this across a liquor store? And that was kind of the whole idea. And so, yeah, they're they're loud, they're <laughs> but they're fun. They're fun. It's all fun, and they're, you know, we we enjoy that kind of irreverent, bright, little bit of humor and, and weirdness injected at everything we do. Yeah, your cans remind me of. Uh, remember when people used to drive like the GL Storm, and they were like bright yellow. Like it's, your beer is like the GL Storm of like the beer cabinet. <laughs> Like it's it just reminds Thank you. It just reminds me of like who would drive a bright yellow car? Oh, it's one of those dudes driving a Geo Storm. Like, just, same concept, but it grabs your attention and it's there. So you, you never have a problem finding the Bauhaus when it comes there to it opening is. up.
up the uh, the, the liquor door. It's, if it's folks up. haven't been here in a while, you want to run down some of your uh, some of your seasonals that you got going on right now? Yeah, absolutely. So right now on tap, we have our Slaw Hammer, which we made for uh, Revival, actually. We made that That's beer. That's Yeah, it helped to really temper nice. the heat. It's yeah. got this nice finish with Idaho number seven hops that ends up bringing in almost a sweet black tea, like southern tea finish to it that we think really helps temper the hot spice from like That's actually uh, fried chicken. Quite, uh, quite uh, a great way to describe it. Yeah, I hadn't right? thought about that until you said it. I have, uh, that's really that's spot it's interesting. on. Really good. Yeah. I, hear, I hear a lot of brewers really excited about that hop. It's a cool hop, and it's like, and it totally changes depending on where you add it in, whether it's a flavor hop, an aroma hop, or a bittering hop. I mean, it really changes depending on where you added it. So uh, we're happy that it ended up the way we did. And, yeah, we have it, you know, on, on sale and on draft at uh, – well, not on draft, but in cans at the U.S. Bank at the Revival stand there and at both Revival stands and, and the tap room. Uh, but otherwise, we have Crop Circus, which is our double IPA we have on right now. And that beer has been really fun because it's, it's really big and really fruity, juicy hops. But it ends very dry, so there's not a lot of lingering hot bitterness that you usually would get with most double IPAs, which makes it dangerous because you <laughs> go right back in for your next sip, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, I had two 8% beers back to back. Okay. Right. Sounds like my lunch today. <laughs> I also think that's true of the winter loper, though. Yeah. It's dangerous. Oh, yes. Yeah. You've got, you've got some beers that will sneak up on you, which is a good thing because it means you're doing things right. If you don't pick up on that warm alcohol keep you're doing a good job. I know. It's 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 one of those things where you you want to do that, and at the same time, you're like, that was a bad idea. I shouldn't have had a third one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's get into some chili talk. Uh, let's let's reveal. I know you've counted up the uh, the poker chips. I did count up the poker chips, but I seem to have lost the. Well, I know I know who won. I mean, I know the, I know the votes here. Okay. Does anyone want to know who won here? Everyone, everyone's who got it. The, uh, everyone's out choice. here. They all want to know who won. All right, this is the People's Choice Award. This is not, this is not the pro-reviewed awards. <laughs> I'm sure they end up being the same either way. And the drum all right, roll. Coming in third place was the Wisconsin Gold. Ah, that was the uh, the was Bill, Bill, Buffalo yeah. Chicken, which was very tasty. That solid entry. Solid. Very solid. Very, very. solid. Now, wait, should I include you guys in this one, or should I keep I, you guys did, out of it? Did one of us win? Well, I would have I actually, uh, it would have flipped. One of us is in one, two, or three? Yeah. Let's, let's yes. bring it out. Let's okay. see. Okay. All right, coming in number two. <laughs> it was Drew's Chili. Hey! Yeah, all right. He had, the, he had the avocado, that cilantro little topping. It's that, was, that was my, that was my secret the, weapon. these toppings became a big deal for yeah, you got, voters out there. He's got a secret there. weapon topping that he puts on top of his chili because his chili isn't good enough by itself. Inferior <laughs> chili needs extra topping. <laughs> Let's run us through the, uh, the secret weapon, Drew. What, do you, what a, do you have on top of your chili? It's, I, it's, it, I call it a cilantro pesto, but it's not really a pesto, but it's a, it's a cilantro, lime, avocado, sour cream, garlic, and olive oil all just blended together and getting real happy. It's a nice it was very little nice. topping to put on the chili. Really I almost would have just much. drank that on its own. It was very, <laughs> yeah. very good. We'll make good cocktails out you. of it later. You could. I mean, absolutely. It was that good. <laughs> it works with a lot of different things. It's not just for chili. It, it, it goes with all sorts of different d dishes and meats and everything. Fantastic. And number one. Who cheated? Number yeah, one. Who? Mind. I think he cheated. I think he, I don't know what he did. He might have put some drugs in his chili. I'm not going <laughs> to say anything, but... 
Yes, I hate to say it, but it was Eric and Modest. They, they, he hey, did a great hey, job. Let's give it up. Congratulations. Keep put your hands together yeah. for Eric and his amazing chili, all right? Yeah. That, was a, that was a fantastic chili, nice and smoky. It had a nice amount of heat, but not over the top. It's, it's everything you look for in a chili. It was yeah. fantastic. I mean, it was nice and deep, dark brown flavors. It was good. Like he said, those brown notes over and over. And like, <laughs> the more he said it, the more it got ingrained in my head. Yeah, the next time he makes that chili, he needs to rename it to Brown Note. The brown Note. The Brown Note <laughs> chili. <laughs> and the, uh, that, that Lord Humongous reduction, I think, really set it apart. I mean, yeah, that, was, that was a nice. That's crazy almost, good. I mean, yeah, it's just a, so sweet and, and rich and just an awesome flavor on top of that really good chili. I did get the down low on that. Am I talking about who my pick was? Yeah, well, we're joined. Of course, Jess here is from the Pioneer Press, a food and beverage writer. Fantastic job, friend of the show. Yep. Uh, we brought her credibility her is at stake here. <laughs> um. We we wanted an unbiased opinion, somebody who's got a, a refined palate to see ha. who's who's who's. Smack could be backed up. So, if if you would, who's who made the better chili tonight, myself or or Drew? <laughs> oh, I have to choose between, between you. Us yeah, two. that's right. Well, you well, you, you, you get shoot, to pick you, you get to pick an that. overall favorite, well, and, and, okay, all and right. you can do your your overall favorite as but well. But you also have to uh, you have to settle this long-standing feud, this dispute that Sh that Schmidty and I have. Otherwise, okay. it's back to arm wrestling for chili us. Is better. Okay. So I just want to say that everybody's chili was awesome. I really was impressed. You there's, guys are. There's great no participation trophy here. Making. There's just just lay it out there. We're we're big no, boys. We can no take ribbons it. for last place. Okay, so I know that it's controversial the whole beans thing, uh, but I like chili with more than just meat myself so i gotta give it to drew yes yeah all right the, the added texture i mean uh, a lot of people really i mean some people really like that added <laughs> texture and there's nothing wrong with that it's okay and i did like that avocado <laughs> cilantro pesto it is nice it, it, it blended real thank well thank you thank yeah. you yeah i, I have job. to admit i didn't try your secret weapon because of the avocado I've got kind of an anti-avocado stance. Really? Ooh. Just, okay. It's just, it, if it had been straight up pesto, I'd have been all over it. <laughs> Interesting. But, all right. I mean, you know. I did like yours, though. I thought it was delicious. I was afraid when I saw those habaneros floating in it. Um, but it wasn't as spicy as I thought it was going to be. And I like spice, but. There was only two floating in there. Um, <laughs> and I gave one of them to Drew when he asked for a sample. So. <laughs> you know. Accurate. That's called a palate killer. Big giant jalapeno record. chunk, right? right or oh, yeah. habanero <laughs> chunk right on, top. right on top, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Did you have a, a favorite overall that you enjoyed? I did. I love the modest chili. Eric did a great job. Yep. More props for Eric over there with the modest chili. Good job, man. So yeah. I talked to him. He kept talking about how it was brown. Right. Like, what does that the mean? The brown note. As the a, brown note. As a professional food writer, it was the first time I had heard food described as just brown. <laughs> like, he kept talking about the brown. Um, but I got out of him that that meant that he was using dried chilies. And that gives him a flavor that he feels like is a brown flavor. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, there was also chipotle in there. So dried ancho and habaneros, some chipotles, some cumin, a little cinnamon, and then that cinnamon. reduction the wasn't just beer, yeah. folks. 
It was beer, coffee, and brown sugar. Oh, see, he didn't tell us that. You got you can tell you can tell you're a reporter because you got the real scoop. I do. I got I, I went and I talked to him. I made sure I knew exactly what went into it. <laughs> and he's you over know, there in the corner. You're giving away my secrets. It was delicious. It was really good. It was don't, it was a tasty treat. Don't brown worry, sugar Eric. Is nobody nobody's gonna boil down. I forgot to mention the, uh, that. Yeah. Do you have brown sugar in yeah, yours too? I always, yeah. I always top it off with some brown sugar at the end. Yeah. It's a good way to sort of um, to, to control the heat. You know, if, yeah. you feel, if, if you feel like your chili might be a, a little too hot, mm-hmm. use the brown sugar to kind of pull it down a little bit. Good yeah. to Works know. good. That's not a bad plan. Do we have time for any news today, Drew? No, unfortunately, we are out of time for uh, for this episode of the Minnesota Beer Cast. Again, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for hosting. To us for hosting. Thanks for everyone for coming on and enjoying the chili. Uh, it yeah. was a phenomenal way to celebrate. Yeah, the, give you all, the third give yourselves a round of applause for coming out and enjoying right. the chili tonight. All right. Thank you so and congrats much. Congrats on the third anniversary, guys. Thank yeah. you. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you all for coming out. It was. A, we'll do it again next year. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Ch- uh, Schmidt will have a chance to redeem himself <laughs> next year. <laughs> I'll modify my recipe. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Add some beans. I'll whip up some more of the avocado <laughs> goodness and we'll see how it works out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, uh, download us on uh, iHeartRadio. Follow us on Twitter, MN underscore BeerCast. Go to the Facebook page, Minnesota BeerCast. Give us a like, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. And lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good person.